Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Thursday morning. Hoping all's well with you out there today. I'm doing pretty well myself. Took two and a half grams of Green Mang Da a little while ago and maybe like a gram or so of White Riao. And it's, it's just so neat how like the smallest amount of a different type of Kratom that you normally don't combine with, you know, your usual, if that's what the case is, can have such a profound difference. And I'm feeling just so much more energy. So it's really helpful, especially since I'm very tired this week. <laughs> so thank you, White Riao. <laughs> okay. So today I wanted to talk about an idea that I've been thinking about that it was basically spurred by an email from a listener. And I'm not going to read through the email and I'm you know not going to give away the identity of the listener, um, but, but I'll just use like their first name and I think that's good enough. So I got an email from Chris and thank you so much, Chris, again, for reaching out. It is so neat to hear from people who are listening in and who, you know, or just who happen upon the podcast and don't listen in, but feel like sharing their story, sending it out into the ether. So I really appreciate you listening. I really appreciate you sharing your story around Kratom Discovery and, you know, all your thoughts around it. And hopefully we can get you on here for for an episode at some point. Maybe my reply email will convince you. (laughs) We'll see. But either way, thanks so much. So one of the things that Chris mentioned in his email was about antidepressants and specifically it was about SSRIs and like tapering off of them or just, you know, reducing one's dose, which can happen for a variety of reasons. And basically the unevenness of the effects felt when one is lessening the dose of an SSRI and how it is, in his words, very non-linear. So, uh, or, you know, to expand on that, very non-linear dose response curve. So in other words, going down from a 20 milligram dose of Lexapro to a 10 milligram dose of Lexapro, you're, you're actually not taking away, you know, very much of the serotonin receptor occupation. And believe me, I don't know any of this stuff. I'm just reading it from, from uh, the email of someone with a biochem degree. So... Don't think that I'm pretending I know this stuff. (laughs) Anyway, so, you know, dropping from like 20 milligrams to 10 milligrams, you're not going to notice as much of a difference or maybe deal with as much of a withdrawal or as much of a, you know, a difficult time. But then dropping from like 5 milligrams to 2.5 milligrams, that is a drop. Even though it's much more in terms of just, you know, actual pill matter and chemical of the SSRI going from, you know, 20 milligrams to 10 milligrams, you really are going to start dealing with the difficult issues of lessening your dose from 5 to 2.5 milligrams. And the reason being is that from there, the serotonin occupation drops from 90% or around there. This is all kind of like roughly, I guess, but from 90% at 5 milligrams to like 35% at 2.5 milligrams in other words this is not linear right if it was linear it would you would be able to know exactly how much of you know serotonin occupation was going to drop based on how many milligrams you were going down and at what amount you were starting from but no it is not it is not dependent specifically on those factors it's it's non-linear 
And basically what this got me thinking about, again, I had no idea about any of this, but what it got me thinking about was kind of like the reverse and for Kratom. And now I'll explain. Mind you, this idea that I'm about to share might have no, uh, might not hold any water. (laughs) It might not hold any place in reality. So um, if all the biochem majors out there come and chew me out, you know, just giving you a heads up, I've got the white flag and I'm waving it above the castle already. (laughs) I don't know if this is true or not. So, um, so take that into consideration, but here's my, here's my thought. You know how everybody says Kratom acts as a stimulant at lower doses, but at higher doses, it acts more as a sedative. And then that's like as detailed as anybody gets. Well, I'm wondering if it's kind of like related to this sort of thing. Um, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because I read so many messages and look at so many reviews and reports of Kratom online that talk about how like either the people are taking like between two and 10 milligrams of Kratom a day, or they're taking like between 10 and 80. And the, the, the spread after 10 milligrams, it's like all of a sudden the gates open up and people are just taking exorbitant amounts of Kratom. And on the one hand, I'm like, I'm not judging necessarily, but like at the same time, I'm like, that's a lot. It just seems like so much to try and get an effect that I feel like I get that effect at, you know, three grams. Like I hardly even go above that most of the time, three or three and a half grams is my high point. And, and why is it that some people can take so much more and, and it seems like they need more to get a similar effect? Um, and I'm just wondering if it's because of this. Is it somehow related to the fact that after a certain point, it's nonlinear? In other words, if you're taking 10 grams of Kratom versus 20 or 25 grams of Kratom, is that difference in effects going to be less than going from 3 grams to 10 grams for me? I would think so, but I might be wrong about that. But it's just starting to make me think about Kratom differently because not only is it like negative effects might be explained that way, but also the sorts of positive or neutral ones like, you know, it's more stimulating at lower doses, more sedative at higher. Well, what's the cutoff? At what point does Kratom become more sedative? And is there like, a you know, a very small or lower uh, threshold that one has to reach before something changes from stimulating to sedating. And then from there, it's like, well, you can take, you know, double the amount, but it's not going to get that much more sedating. And this might also play into the idea of like respiratory depression and how much, you know, does Kratom have the ability to, to really, you know, cause respiratory depression to the point where we need to be worried about it, just natural Kratom in and of itself unaltered. And, um, you know, if, if, not then well that's good and and maybe it's related to this if so maybe this can help explain where that threshold might be so anyway all this in saying that i'm not a biochem major but i'd like to be (laughs) i guess that's what this episode could have been called but i don't think that many people would have listened to it so gotcha (laughs) anyway i appreciate everyone entertaining my amateur thoughts here on biochemistry makeup of kratom ssris and the entire system of pharmacology as we know it and um, feel free to school me starting now thank you so much for listening in on my rambling thoughts today we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week thanks so much bye bye